Welcome to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. My name is Rebecca Whitman, and I'm a success mentor. I believe there are seven pillars of success. Your spiritual life, your physical fitness, your emotional, romantic, mental, social, and finally, your financial life. When you get all seven areas in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. I learned this the hard way. I've always made money. Unfortunately, I spent so much time making money that I never had time for the rest of my life. So, despite not having financial worries, I was never happy. I wanted romance, but I didn't have time to date. I wanted to be in great shape, but I couldn't find a moment to go to the gym. I wanted a more spiritual life, but I didn't meditate. That also takes time. I wanted to read great books and fill my mind with deep thoughts, but I never made the time. I wanted a great social life, not just going to work-related events. Emotionally, I was a wreck because my life was totally out of balance. Today, I earn more money than I ever have in my life, and I work only part-time. I have the relationship of my dreams. I'm in the best physical shape of my life. I'm spiritually grounded. I feel fulfilled mentally, socially, and emotionally. My life is in perfect alignment. This podcast will help you discover where your life is out of balance. My mission is to support you in achieving work-life balance so that you can have more fun and freedom in life. On my show, you will get to learn from experts in all seven areas of abundance. My guests have achieved tremendous success in their zone of genius. Are you ready to go to a level 10 in all seven areas of life? You got this. Hi, Danny DeNovo. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? I'm so good. Welcome to the Balanced Beautiful Abundance Show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am so <laughs> excited to see you. And I'm so grateful because you were the first podcast I was on as a guest. You interviewed me on my book. And I was so excited to return the favor now that you have a new book coming out. Yeah, we're really excited. I co-authored a new book with MMA gold medalist Janae Noonan, and we're releasing that on Saturday, March 20th, which is International Happiness Day. Wow. Yeah. So the title of our book is Stripping Down Happy, and it's just demystifying the path to happiness, right? How do we get there? Why is it so hard? How can we make it easy? That is awesome. I'm so excited to dive into that. But first, let me tell my audience a little bit more about you. So Danny is an international best-selling author of the book, Get in a Good Mood and Stay There. And she has been on major networks like ABC, Fox, NBC, and CBS on a, as an expert on creating happiness, avoiding loneliness, managing children, handling adult fear and anxiety. She has helped students, athletes, entrepreneurs, consultants, designers, political candidates, lost souls, and parents attain success and happiness. So I am so excited to hear about your story. So I know the last time you interviewed me, I never got to interview you. So tell <laughs> me about your story. How did you go from being, you know, just a regular person to an <laughs> author and a happiness coach? Yeah. It, so I honestly had a really difficult time with my happiness 
since I can almost remember, right? I remember being a happy child and then I kind of came into my teenage years and I went into a depression around the age of 14. It just got worse and worse. Uh, it was, I was clinically depressed by the time I went to college, had a really hard time with college and, and getting treatment and all of that good stuff. Uh, somehow fought my way out of it. And when I came out of it, I told myself that the reason I had been depressed is because I was asking all these really hard questions. You know, what's life really about? Why am I not happy? How can I be happy when everyone around me is not happy and no one really has it figured out? And since I had had such a difficult time going through that and pretty much derailed my life because of my depression, I decided I'm going to do everything like everybody else. I'm going to go forward in life and I'm going to get a job like everybody else and I'm going to live my life like everybody else because that's why I wasn't happy because I just wasn't going with it the way everyone else was. <clears throat> and so I, <clears throat> pardon me, I went to law school and um, I got engaged and passed the bar and got a job and got married and uh, bought a house and all that stuff, right? And I was just kind of going through the motions every day, going to work, doing the stuff I thought I was supposed to do, but not really getting any fulfillment out of life. And then my daughter came along and um, I got so much joy out of being a mother, but everything else was still just kind of there. One night I'm, I'm in my kitchen and I'm stirring a pot on the stove making dinner and my baby was, she's probably about eight or nine months old, She's sitting on the floor and she has a little bowl and a spoon she's playing with. And all of a sudden she looks up at me with her big brown eyes and she picks up the bowl and the spoon and she started mimicking me. She started stirring in her bowl like I was stirring on the stove. It's the first time she had done anything like a little human. <laughs> and I, I was so proud of her and I said, yeah, just like mommy. And then this crushing wave of nausea hit me because I realized she was copying me. She was doing everything just like mommy. And I was teaching her how to live a very unhappy, a very unfulfilled, a very lonely life. And so I made a decision right there that I was going to change my life for the sake of my daughter. I didn't necessarily believe I could be happy, but I thought that I could do things to help her find her happiness. Mm -hmm. And of course, my life rapidly changed from there. So I left the practice of law. I got into coaching. I started writing, you know, I'm going on TV and, you know, it just sort of snowballed on itself from there. I love that story because happiness to me, it really is a decision. It is. It's a decision you have to make, but then it's a decision you have to keep every single day, right? Exactly. And remind yourself about throughout the day. Uh, you have to keep that constant mindset going because there's so many things that can come in and derail it. Yeah. So um, if I may ask, were you on antidepressants at one point? As a teenager, I was, yes. I was on just about every antidepressant you can think of at the time. Um, I got very suicidal. I had, a, I had a really difficult time with it. And, you know, things were a little bit different then. There's still a lot of stigma around depression, but it was even worse then. Uh, my family didn't really understand it or know what to do with it. So it kind of got ignored or pushed under the rug. And uh, I think treatment options for young adults and teenagers, then they just treated it like they would treat an adult, which was probably the wrong course of action. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
So how do you think uh, treating adults with, I know you're a lawyer, not a psychiatrist, <laughs> but just based on your own personal coaching practice, how do you treat uh, children, adult uh, anxiety and depression versus adolescent? Well, as a child, as somebody who was 14, you know, I remember getting diagnosed with depression officially, and I didn't believe it at first because I remember looking at the therapist and saying, I don't, I don't have anything to be depressed about. You know, I, I live in a nice house. I go to a nice school. I, I had good grades. I had fun outside of school. I didn't, it's not like I lived a life where, you know, I saw violence or, or, poverty or anything like that. I really didn't feel I had a reason to be depressed. Um, but as a child, I, I, what I really believe it was for me, it was a spiritual depression already at that young age, right? I was asking a lot of really hard questions that nobody around me had the answers to. And I started believing that this is all there was out there and that my life was going to look just as miserable as the people around me. And I couldn't cope with that thought. So I think when it comes to children, it's really about getting down to, well, what is happening around you? Mm -hmm. If you show me an anxious child, I'm going to show you an anxious parent, mm -hmm. right? If, if you have a distracted child, I'm going to show you a parent who's also distracted, right? And it may not look the same, but there's some ele element of it there, right? So it's, yeah, it's just really about their environment, what's going on, what questions they have, what needs aren't being met for them. I don't think we give kids enough credit because they really are asking some tough questions. You know, my daughter's five years old and I call her the Buddha in the back seat because <laughs> we'll just be driving around and all of a sudden she has this amazing epiphany and she'll just say something that's so profound but simple because it's on her level and it just brings everything for me into focus. Um, and that's what our children, I think, are here to do for us. Now, as an adult, life happens, right? We start taking on struggles. We become hurt. We take on pain. Um, we don't heal it. We don't learn from it. And so those things sort of cycle on top of all of these thought patterns that we've developed over childhood and over our young adulthood. And so I think depression and anxiety looks a little bit different as we get older, that doesn't mean we can't untangle it and figure out what part's the spiritual part and what part might be somewhere else, right? And I, I don't want to speak out about antidepressants because they may be very helpful for some people. Yeah. I just know that for me, it I think it caused me a lot more harm than it did good. Yeah, I mean, we're not giving medical advice. Right. Listening, and if you're on antidepressants, you know, and they're working for you, stay on them by all means. But if it's uh, like you were saying, kind of a spiritual malady, then it's like a soul sickness. And yeah. So, so the solution is spiritual. Right. So, yeah. so you had a, an epiphany or a shift when you saw your beautiful daughter on the ground. I guess you saw like God or spirit coming through her beautiful big brown eyes. And that was like, that was almost like your burning bush moment, right? It was. I mean, I think as a kid, I, I struggled with the whole, I can't live my life the same way as everyone else. But, but that feeling intensified to a degree that I can't even explain when I became a parent, because knowing how much suffering I had put myself through, I could not bear the thought of my daughter ever having to go through any of what I had gone through. 
And so I knew that change needed to be made, but it needed to be made quickly because of how much she was just soaking up around her all the time. Uh, so it was, I, you know, it was almost this immediate shift in me. This has to happen now because I don't have any more time to play around with it. Right. Right. Because you realize she's going to take on every nuance of your personality. So you, you know, it's like, I heard the spiritual teacher say, if my kid was watching me now, what would they be learning about life? Right. So you're literally like a walking, talking example, but not just to your kids, to everybody. Because I believe everybody who comes across your path or your energy is is learning about themselves and life because we're all mirrors for each other. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I um, when it comes to my daughter, you know, she keeps me honest. She keeps me on the straight and narrow because I... I I have never broken that promise to her. I'm not saying I haven't had bad days and I'm not saying I haven't gone through my own shifts and struggles and everything else. And I still do as a parent and as a person, but I, I immediately come back to why I started on all of this, right? I, I have this sign hanging on my bedroom wall. It's the first thing I see when I wake up, right? And it says, uh, you know, before you quit, remember why you started. And then there's a picture of her right next to it. So, you know, I think sometimes hanging your happiness on something that's so important to you that you can't fail at it keeps you going even when things are difficult. Well, it's about finding your why, you know, why are you doing anything? And she's a huge why. So that's, that's so beautiful. So I think it's interesting, you know, you just said, yeah, I have hard days and hard moments. So I know you're writing your second book now on happiness. How do you teach people to process their negative emotions? Because it's inevitable negative emotions happen. They do happen. You know, I say emotions are kind of like the bus, right? They come in and then if you kind of just pause and wait, if you another one will be along shortly, right? It's information coming in and it's good information. It's valuable information, but that doesn't mean that we have to, you know, hang every decision on it or hang every subsequent thought on that one emotion, right? Bring it in and listen to it, see what it's trying to tell you and then process it. You know, why am I really feeling this way? Is this even my feeling, right? I mean, I know uh, for me, part of my spiritual depression, I believe was that I was empathetic and I was taking on other people's pain and sorrow and everything along those lines, not realizing that it wasn't my own. I had this tremendous sense of guilt at the age of 14 years old, never having done anything to anyone in my entire life, right? Where does that come from? Well, it comes because we absorb all of this energy around us without realizing it. So sometimes this, this information and these emotions that we, that we think we feel doesn't even belong to us. So it's really sorting it out. And, you know, finding, am I picking up on something else? Does this really belong to me? And if it belongs to me, what do I need to address in this particular moment? Or how do I need to look at things a little bit differently? You know, I I think growing up, up, we we have this notion that happiness is, um, you're always up, right? You're always blissful and elated and everything's great and you skip around and you, you know, toss money out of your pockets as you're walking down the street and, and, you know, but happiness really isn't about that. It's about having this sense of inner peace of inner knowing and confidence in yourself and in the universe. And, um, 
it's about staying in that general feeling, right? I mean, we have times of extreme joy and then we have times of sadness and sorrow, but it's about going back to that inner knowing and realizing that, you know, I know I'm resilient. I know I'm okay, right? I know this is temporary, whether it's up or down, but I'm going to come back to that baseline of where I feel happy, where I feel like I do my best work, where I feel creative, where I feel connected to other people and to the universe and maintaining that. And, and I think maintaining that may look different for different people as to how you do it. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, there's a few ways that I think work for most people, right? One of those would be meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being out in nature, uh, having a sense of gratitude, laughing, right? Another thing that my daughter has retaught me is just laughing. How often do you just laugh and smile? Not because, you know, it's socially acceptable at the time because someone cracked a joke or whatever, because you're really enjoying yourself in the moment and connecting to that feeling. Um, We can generate our feelings just as much as we feel them coming in. And so when you feel coming down, you can do something to switch it immediately and get yourself back into a positive cycle. Yeah, I love that because we can change our focus. We can right. Change. Yeah. Gratitude is a great way to do that and turn yeah. on some music immediately, a shift, right? Even yeah, if it's not funny. getting you completely, yeah, getting completely out of it, it at least is turning off the negative cycle that we allow ourselves to fall into and get you on a different pattern of thinking. Absolutely. Now, I've got to ask you, how did you, a former lawyer and young mom, become uh, business partners with an MMA champion fighter? Right. You just, I don't know. I follow the breadcrumbs, right? I just try to remain open to things. Uh, She and I both ended up at a conference together and we started talking and uh, she came on my podcast just as you had and we kept chatting and became friends and realized we were doing a lot of similar things and thought that together our energy would serve people. So we started a podcast together. It's called Fire Fights. And it's just about the BS that we tell ourselves about happiness (laughs) instead of just being open and honest about it. And uh, that's been a lot of fun working with her on that. And then we thought, well, we should put this into a book too, so that it's just sort of easy access for people. just some little hints here and there, right? We can all use a little help from time to time. Sometimes just reading somebody else's words or being reminded of the things that you're supposed to be doing is a way to help you through a more difficult time. And with COVID, I think we can all use a little bit of help. Absolutely. I love what you said about you follow the breadcrumbs of life because when you're on a spiritual path, I really believe that God speaks through other people. It could be just like a intuition or a song or listening to someone, you know, say something in the grocery store line, like just to be so open. And when you follow the breadcrumbs that can lead to a whole new, beautiful chapter in your life. Like you're hosting this podcast and now you've written a book with this, uh, with uh, Janae is her name with Janae. Yes. Who you met at a conference. I just think it's so important when you're on a path of becoming your best self to be open openness is really important of course open to anything that sort of life throws at you right i mean i love i love the steve jobs quote where you know he said you can't you can't connect the dots going forward you can only connect the dots looking back 
And I think what we need to keep in mind is that sometimes it may be years before we're able to connect the dots as to why something happened, but it may be for our greater good, even if it doesn't feel like that in the moment. So just kind of allowing things to happen and keeping in mind that, you know what, the universe is all for me. It's conspiring with me. So this has to be good on some level, even if I can't see it right now. I need to allow it to go through and to pass. And then maybe someday I'll be able to connect the dots and be like, oh, wow, good thing that happened. <laughs> yes. I think believing that we live in a friendly universe is really important to overall happiness because if you believe that, you know, you only have bad luck and that the forces of, you know, the world are against you, then it's hard to be happy. But having that faith, that underlying faith that we live in a friendly universe, I think is really important. It is. You know, I, I, I just told a story to a friend the other day. Right? I, I was at this light that's near my house and I, I, I go through this light, this intersection all the time, right? So I know exactly where I need to put my car so that it will pick it, it up and allow me to make the left-hand turn. It'll give me the arrow, right? If you don't get to that, the right spot at the right time, you don't get the arrow and then you have to wait for all this traffic to go by. But I was there on time and I was in the right spot and it didn't turn for me. <laughs> so I had to wait for this traffic and I was like getting upset. Like I was mad. And I, I just like kind of took a breath and I was like, why, why are you so mad? It's not like you're in a hurry right now. Even if you were, it'll be a couple minutes. But then I just had this thought come into my mind. What if me not getting that green arrow meant that somebody else somewhere in the world got something that they needed, right? At that exact moment, because of that little shift. Yes. Right? It, it, Cause it, it's, everything is so connected. What if me just taking a breath and being like, okay, I can wait four minutes or two minutes or one minute until these cars go by. I meant somebody got something amazing somewhere else. So even in those little inconveniences that we get so upset about and allow us like to distract everything that we've been doing good that day, what if it meant something really good for someone else? If you knew that for certain, you wouldn't be getting upset. So that's how I kind of treat these little things that come in when I start getting, you know, irrationally upset over things that really don't matter. I love that because it's like the butterfly effect, right? The, the scientific theory that a butterfly who flaps its wings in America can affect yes. something halfway across the world we are all connected and I think the whole pandemic of every single country and every single village, even the most remote villages in Africa, everyone got affected. It shows that we're one kind, one human species, like one world and we really do affect each other. So that is, that is so beautiful. So um, do you have any um, great tips on how people can deal with all the anxiety? I know, the pandemic seems to be almost over and, you know, we have anxiety about the vaccine. We have anxiety about, oh, my God, now there's variants. We have anxiety about, you know, what's life going to look like on the other side of what we all just went through. So what are some of your tips on how people can deal with anxiety? Well, I think when it comes to what's coming next kind of anxiety, I would just tell you to remind yourself, you spent the last year cultivating these amazing skills of twisting and turning and coping and adapting, right? You never knew really what was coming at you, but you've developed these amazing skills because you've survived all of it. 
keep those skills going. Use them as we transition into maybe more normal, maybe very different than normal. We don't know. But you're obviously resilient, right? And you've held it together. And you know deep down that no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. So trust that. Trust that in yourself. Um, again, I would, I would say look at, look at, try to look at the little things differently. Those little inconveniences, those distractions, those things that, you know, get under our skin and irritate us. So look at them and, and ask yourself, do I really need to be upset about this? Because if you can take the stress away from all those little things that pile up along the way, right, it just helps your overall resilience and resistance to all of it, right? I mean, it builds up as the course of time goes on during the day, over these months of quarantine and isolation and everything else. So it really becomes a question of what do I really want to focus my energy on? And then have something in place that you know when you start getting upset and you feel yourself cycling into those kinds of thought patterns where you're getting anxious. Have something that you know works for you and have it available whenever you need it. I don't care if you need to just start playing a song on your phone, even if you're in the middle of a conversation, in the middle of a work call, do what you need to do to get back on track and allow yourself that space. You don't have to apologize for it. You don't have to feel weird about it. We're all coping the best that we can. So allow yourself that space and that time to do it for yourself because as things unravel, you're going to be better off for it. And then you'll use these skills you know, as life continues on, as far as kids go, your kids have been watching you through all of this, right? They have been watching you and how you have gone through these things and th they're learning those skills as well. So while you're building these resilience skills, they're learning them from you by watching how you've handled everything, right? Just like my daughter was watching me stir that pot and not live a very happy life. They're watching you during this time too. So keep that in the back of your mind, right? Step up as the leader through all this. We have no idea what we're doing, but that doesn't mean we can't do a good job at it moment by moment. That is so beautiful. And yeah, I love uh, resilience. Like we've all learned to be so resilient in the last year. We've all been through so much as, as just a species. And one of my favorite sayings is to live a life with resilience, grit, and grace. So even though we have no idea what's coming next and what we're doing and if the vaccine is going to kill us all or if it's going to save us all, but we're, you know what I'm saying? We're just living our life with, with grace and right. faith and faith. That, I think, was one of the great points that you made, faith that everything's going to work out for our highest good. you got to have faith. There's no choice. What are you going to do, like live a life of fear and anxiety? Well, that's, that's just it. it. That becomes the choice again with respect to happiness. And I think just a reminder too is a lesson I learned a long time ago is that I have very little control, right? I, can, I have control over myself and that is it. I have influence over some things, right? I, right now I have influence over my daughter. That will change as she gets older, right? I might have influence over some other people in my life, maybe influence over my puppy, <laughs> <laughs> but I really don't even have control over any of that. And at the end of the day, you kind of have to just sort of surrender to the fact that you control this. So work on this yeah. and everything else. You just kind of have to learn how to respond to it in a way that is in alignment with the work that you're doing here. Stay in your hula hoop. 
<laughs> yes. As they say. So tell us uh, about this new book. What is it about and where can we get it? It'll be, well, it's available for pre-sale on Amazon right now, but it will be shipping on Saturday, March 20th. Like I said, International Happiness Day. We picked it for a reason. Uh, yeah, it's, again, it's just sort of demystifying the path to happiness, right? I mean, it seems simple enough to say happiness isn't this or it shouldn't be this or it should be that, but it's about putting together your own definition and kind of kicking out the societal norms of what happiness is or what it has to be and defining it for yourself. I think this year more than anything has showed us that, you know, to be flexible, to be open-minded, to look at the world a little bit differently than we did before. And so we're asking people now to take that open-mindedness and apply it to your life because COVID is going to go away at some point, maybe not right away, but we're going to get back into being able to focus on ourselves and our careers and all of those things again. Do you really want to keep going down that same path that you were on, that you sort of had this momentum uh, carrying you through? Or do you want to say, hey, I, I want to intervene here. There's some changes I want to make. There's some things I want to look at a little more closely. That is so true, because on the other side of this, eventually things will get back to somewhat normal, the new normal. Right. We can get pulled in to the rat race that we were all in, or we can kind of approach things in a new, more balanced, enlightened way. And I think it's it's up to us, because we'll forget this, just like we've forgotten a lot of other, you know, traumatic incidents. In yes. We'll forget it. Oh, remember back in the day, in 2020, <laughs> when there was COVID and everybody had to stay at home and nobody knew where it was going to end, but it won't be part of our daily consciousness. No, it would be so easy to shift back to the routines and the mindset of everything before, right? And I guess the question is, were those mindsets and those routines, were they serving you? Were they making you feel good about what you were doing? I, I truly believe that after we get back to somewhat normal, we're going to have kind of another breakdown, if you will, because I think people are going to get back to life and they're going to be excited and anxious to get back to normal. And they're just going to fall into those patterns again. And then three, four, six months down the road, all of a sudden people are going to be like, oh, wait, I, I forgot how much I hated this. Right. Because I had that time to reflect and I had that time to shift things up and to be a little bit more introspective and think about what I wanted because things slowed down a little bit for me. And I forgot that I told myself I didn't like this. And I, so I think you're going to see again, people are going to start jumping ship. They're going to be uh, changing careers. They're going to be changing things in their lives and things. There's going to be this whole sort of upheaval again because we were so. We were so, you know, focused on getting back to normal. We have to get back to normal. We have to get back to normal. And we did. And then and then we realized, oh, yeah, this wasn't what I wanted. I, I forgot. And now I have to change it again. Yes, I love that. So we do not want to go back. When we have a breakdown in life, whether it's a global breakdown or a personal breakdown, what can we learn for from it? And we don't want to go back to who we were before the breakdown. We want to keep evolving as a person and as a, as a species and as a society. That would be, that would be tragic if all this, you know, loss and death and everything, businesses that were lost and then it was for nothing. Right. 
I mean, again, it was a time to be really honest with ourselves about a lot of things. So if you go back to being dishonest, I mean, you want to talk about spiritual depression, that's where you're going to see it start to pop up because now you know better, right? Your heart and your soul are screaming for what they're begging you for and you're not, you're defying it. You're not listening. So that's where your problems are going to start to arise is if you're not honoring those things. Yes. And to quote, um, I'm going to say some, you can tell me who it is. I'm pretty sure it's Ice Cube. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Maybe it's Ice Cube. It's Ice Cube. Okay. So with that, we are going to end this wonderful conversation. I know my listeners are going to want to stay in touch with you. They're going to want to get your book. They're going to want to listen to the podcast you're hosting, Firefight. So how can people stay in touch with you? You can find all of my contact information on my website. It's dannydenovo.com. I'm at Instagram and Facebook by the same name. Um, like I said, Amazon, the book is stripping, like taking your clothes off, stripping down happy. And it's available on Saturday. Uh, all of my books are still on Amazon as well. So you can just search my name. And uh, yeah, I would love to hear any feedback or people's ideas about how they're coming through the pandemic and working on their own happiness. Yeah. So if you are listening to this on Facebook, leave a comment, let us know how you're getting through it, what you're going to be like on the other side of this, you know, how you're going to shift your life. So it doesn't look the same as it did pre COVID. And if you're listening to the podcast, we love you so much for listening. We don't have sponsors, so please share this with a friend. Leave a review. Keep spreading the word. I know a lot of people would benefit by Danny's amazing message about how to be happy no matter what. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Danny, for being on the Balanced Beautiful Abundance Show. And we'll see you next time with another incredible guest. Who says you can't have it all? I'm proof that you can. You just have to put your life into balance. Too much of anything, money, fitness, socializing, can overtake your life. When all seven aspects of your life work in harmony, you will achieve the balanced, beautiful, and abundant life you've always dreamed of. Please subscribe to hear more inspiring interviews. Is there someone you know who could benefit from this podcast? Please share this podcast with them please review this podcast. Your feedback will help me target your needs and plan for upcoming shows that answer your questions and feature guest speakers that can make a big difference in your life. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman. Feel free to DM me to book a free balance assessment call. And don't forget, stay balanced, beautiful, and abundant.